the 21st. We're into double digits and approaching 22. We're nearly there. But the 21st film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain Marvel. And always, as always, joining me, first name The, second name Barry, third name Lad. Barry, how are you doing? Not too bad. It is constantly surprising when we roll out those numbers. Not only because of how many of them we've talked about, but how much of a regular occurrence it just feels like now with these movies come out. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, you know, it's been three months. Here's the Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Twenty one. See this this the, the 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 three phases has a name now. Or we're, we're officially the 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 first twenty two Marvel films are officially now known as the Infinity Saga. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I think we've talked about this before, but that then that then begs the question: What is after this? Are we doing new characters? Are we doing reboots? Are we doing? You know what I mean? Mm. We're we're we're, in, we're in, or is it just going to be more of the same? But that's I mean, God, I feel like that's probably a better question to ponder after Endgame, perhaps. Well, we know what's going as it's a Spider-Man film in July. <laughs> oh yes, that. <laughs> Weird. That's Oof, that's so weird that like there's this big end of the universe film coming out in about a month, and then it's like ah, two months later there's another Spider-Man film. Yeah, it's very weird. They played that trailer before Captain Marvel, which we'll talk about shortly, and I, I had forgotten about that film's existence. I was like, oh right, and I also forgot that like it doesn't look very good. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm really not sold on it at all, but. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. In kind of the, the opposite reasons, Endgame seems so compelling. I'm kind of morbidly curious to see what that's, that Spider-Man movie is going to be. So film number 21, Captain Marvel. Broad takes, Barry. What do you think of Captain Marvel? Uh, I kind of agree with the general consensus that it kind of feels a little bit phase one-y. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, with, with some sensibilities from the later films, it feels like a, a solid origin story where we're introduced to the titular character and the important concepts about that character and the character has their arc of coming to groups with who they are and that's all fine and good and along the way we have some quips and we have some adventures and we have some solid action and we have a a fun enough cast of secondary characters where where i feel it has elements of the second and third phases is that it is uh more of a genre film uh in this case sci-fi uh, and and that's that's one of the stronger things about the best elements of the MCU is your Guardians of the Galaxy films uh, among others that uh, aren't just superhero films. They're, they they kind of take that that premise, but they expand it into another genre. I like the sci-fi elements of, of Captain Marvel a lot, but uh, I, I I definitely feel like the trappings of, of of early MCU are there, and they they kind of hinder it a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same. I think this is. Uh, like capital F fine <laughs> you know it's a, it's a good you'll watch it you'll enjoy it for the most part might have some quibbles here and there but there's nothing really to dislike about this film you'll sit through it you'll like oh good film and then you'll probably never think about it again again yeah as you said I wouldn't say I like, hated the character or anything but like the, the Captain Marvel character herself uh, it's just kind of think of eh you've kind of made another Tony Stark she's kind of kind of smarmy, kind of, you know, quick-witted and cheeky, but ultimately endearing. It's like, yeah, I feel like I've seen you make 10 of these films (laughs) at this stage. But again, not in, like, an overtly terrible way, just kind of I've seen it. And, and, you know, and in that real MCU way, all the action is, like, good-ish. You know Mm. what I mean? You don't leave with your jaw on the floor like like you do with with Winter Soldier. It's more akin to an Iron Man movie or, or an Avengers movie where it's just kind of, okay 
uh, in the action stakes. I feel like where these films have started breaking out, where like phase two and phase three have really started to separate themselves from like, obviously you mentioned the genre aspect, which does help a great deal. But the, the other ones just feel weird. And this feels like, like you watch Thor Ragnarok and like there is oodles and oodles of that director's personality in this film. And this yeah. feels as close to a phase one film by committee as I think we've gotten in a while. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the the the, the basic characters that they've, they've thrown in there, like the soundtrack and the 90s aesthetic which i don't think i don't think they went nearly far enough on the 90s stuff i think that could have really if they went on like weird 90s crap i think i would have been a lot more into this but like the joke is like oh dial up internet isn't it slow (laughs) yeah it it feels it feels kind of shallow so that it in turn also feels like it was by committee like it feels like you know this was the the 10th film of phase one and at this point the committee had said "Uh, we're getting some stick for not having enough character so we're gonna throw in an era specific uh theme that'll that'll you know that'll dress up a little bit and obviously this is a prequel so it kind of has to be but you know like they got the blockbuster in there like okay that's cute the music is good i like the soundtrack but they're all very on the nose 1990s Mm. Um, uh, soundtrack choices they're not you know they're not going with any deep cuts yeah it really does feel like there's just that little uh, you know know, someone in a boardroom put their hand up in a meeting and came up with the idea of just putting that little lick of paint on this otherwise kind of you know solid uh, MCU movie Uh, that, that is for sure something they did not go deep enough with and we have we're in the '90s, so we have Disney's trademark de aging technology, which must be in every single film until we die. Uh, Sam Jackson, I think his is good. I, I I didn't I didn't bump on Sam Jackson's de aging technology at all. No, uh, yeah, I thought I thought he he looked good, and it's, it's good that it looked good in this one because it's it's a pretty central character for the whole film. Yeah, um, uh, which is probably I would say big positive of this film is that we've got. Nick Fury, mm-hmm. uh, front and center, and he's great. And his sure. dynamic Marvel is great. And he's entirely comic relief, which is amazing. Yeah, um, and it's it's something I, I don't think I was quite expecting. Like, I knew he was in this film. Obviously, I know this is the, uh, uh, this is the, the core origin of the uh, concept of the Avengers is in this movie. So, like, of course, Nick Fury is going to be in there. He's all over the trailers. I was not expecting him to be as central as he was. But, yeah, he's in there. He's funny. Got a bit of charm. They 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 have a little fun with the concept of of uh, uh, of his origins, of his character, of his look. You know what I mean? They you know you kind of expect them to go in a certain direction. They kind of do, but they have a little fun with it. I was uh, kind of my 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 probably my favorite thing about the movie was 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 his presence and his dynamic with uh, with uh, Carol. Mm. I said I didn't bounce on the the Nick Fury de aging technology. You know what I did bump on? And I I don't know why this annoyed me so much, but Coulson's hair. Every time he was on the screen, I was just looking at his head, and it's just like, why is your hair like this? See, I didn't twig this the first time, but now if I go back and watch it, I'm almost certainly going to be keeping an eye out for it. Yeah, I like I don't know. Like, there's this Sam Jackson character who's being de-aged by twenty years, and you're like, oh yeah, that's fine. But the Clark Gregg having hair again, I'm just like, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I I can see what you mean. Hair's hair's a weird one though, because I mean, you and I, we you know, we both play you know, video games, and, and no matter how advanced technology gets hair is really tough to do and not have it be jarring and 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 that uncanny valiness it's tough it, it, it's 
you know, <laughs> I wonder will we ever get to a stage where CGI'd hair uh, uh, looks good. Hmm. I wonder how much of it was a wig and how much of it was CGI, or maybe both. I don't know. I assume Sam Jackson's hair was was a wig. That didn't. I mean, that I, that I that I couldn't tell. But again, like I said, their their de aging tech here was was pretty damn good. So maybe it was CGI. I don't know. But uh... they've been they have had enough films to work on it. In fairness. Mm. Uh, it's like it started as like a joke that they're putting it in every single one of these films but they are now putting it in every I like fair enough they had to in this one if you're gonna put Sam Jackson in a film set in the 90s you're gonna have to do something do you think like that's gonna be a weird thing we see more of in films where it's like oh we want Sam Jackson to play this role but Sam Jackson is what in his late 60s or whatever so let's yeah. just make him in his 20s yeah because that's the thing I mean I feel like the the overabundance of how much they've used it did they being Disney across all the brands, because obviously, as we've discussed, it's not just Marvel, they've done it in Pirates and all this other stuff. I think it's not only to get better at it in the aging sense, but also, like, what else can you do? Just in, in general, kind of, you know, tw- uh, tweaks to human features looking as natural as possible without having to go down the route of, pros- of prosthetics, which is a bummer, because obviously, you know, prosthetics rule. Mm. But, um, uh, you know, I mean, you know, can you... Can you you know, do scars more naturally. Scars are still a thing that you kind of have to do prosthetics and makeup on. If you want to, if you, but if you want to do a, a time hopping movie where a character gets kind of more messed up through through whatever reason, I mean, Marvel a Marvel movie might be the perfect example of that. Are, are they trying to hone this tech so that they're kind of eliminating the concept of of makeup and prosthetics altogether? I mean, who knows? Uh, I think that would be unfortunate. Uh, but uh, they, they they definitely seem like they are all in on this stuff. Um, and and are, are hopeful that they can get better at it with practice in almost every live action film they do. Hmm. So as, as it's as kind of boilerplate in origin stories, you got it's character doesn't know who she is, learns who she is, kicks a bunch of ass. End of film. Uh, there's not much to sink your teeth. In. Uh, I get from a narrative perspective why they did the whole amnesia thing, but it's just like really, guys, amnesia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and again, I, I think that's also. A problem uh, with with the franchise going as long as it has. Mm. You know what I mean? If we and and then also it's not just this franchise; it's that the the genre in general has boomed in the last ten years, and so we we've, we've seen that a lot. But um, yeah, uh, we, we, when and it, it, it's like as the story was coming together, it's like this all works. You know, there's not there's not a problem with it per se, but it's just it's it's so well worn. You know. I was watching it, thinking, like, at the end of this film, when she, you know, discovers who she are, which, by the way, do not watch a trailer for this film, because the entire no. film is in that damn trailer. Like, worse than any film I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, I still I still think uh, Venom was worse, but mm. this is up there. This is absolutely up there. And uh, plus, it being a, a prequel means you probably could have guessed a couple of the, of the, of, of the quote-unquote twists. Uh, the, you know, if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy and you... you remember who the Kree are probably you know that twist isn't going to be something that's that's going to catch you off guard you know it, it's yeah it's 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 not exactly a film where where you were you were thrown for a loop at any point by the story and yeah if you've seen guardians of the galaxy you know like the ronan the accuser character which pops up in the middle of the film and that's like all oh, right they're the, the, the bad guys okay even if you don't even remember like Kree blue alien guys hmm <laughs> Yeah, I, I would have liked a bit more from him as well, but I guess the, the, I guess there probably wasn't really much room for him. Um, uh, but it would have been a nice other way to kind of you know, add a little bit more context to the world. But I suppose what's the point? He's already dead in the in the current timeline, so whatever. 
Yeah, the guard, like there's uh, Jimin Hansu's character as well, whose name I couldn't possibly actually remember. <laughs> I, yeah, no idea. Because I was wondering as I was watching it, I was like, did they even say his character's name in Guardians? <laughs> They may have, but I'm fairly certain they didn't. Yeah, so, like, those hooks to the MCU, and even, like, they're like, oh, we've tied it in with the Infinity Stones as well. Those, that I, that, again, I'm like, I, I get you're building a universe, and it's kind of cool that you've injected those elements into this film, but they did feel entirely unnecessary. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Just like, yeah, when, when you really think about it, it's like, you, oh, that's how the Tesseract got where it got at the beginning of Avengers. But then it's like... No one ever asked that question yeah. when they watched Avengers to begin with. Like you're not, you're not, you're not answering a, a burning question from the fans. It's just kind of, it's kind of, it's a bit Rogue One ish, where you're just, you're, you're, you're filling in this blank that was not, not really a blank to begin with. No one was asking the question, even though you're not technically filling it in wrong. It's just, it's, it's fairly superfluous. Um, yeah, you almost, I don't want to. This it seems very harsh because I did enjoy this movie quite a bit. You feel like if you wanted her to save the day in Endgame, probably could have just done a 10-minute flashback sequence in Endgame explaining mm-hmm. who she is. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. I mean, I think that there's more important things to play with this movie. They obviously were sorely uh, uh, overdue a, a female-led movie. I think that's that's pretty obvious um, when you're 20 films deep, and this is the first one. But in terms of narrative justification for this movie's existence within within the broader arc, it felt it felt pretty pointless. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> and I, I was going to mention, like, like the end of this film should work. And I think this is a rare Marvel film where probably the third act might be, well, maybe not the best, but it doesn't suck. But, like, the moment where she realizes, like, I am Captain Marvel, I hear me roar, look at my fancy glory hand powers. I think a big reason that moment doesn't land, and this is a thing across the MCU broadly, is I think the score sucks. It's like the most generic, and we'll talk about the Avengers Endgame trailer probably in a second. But like they play in that trailer, they play the the Avengers theme, the the Alan Spester's Avengers theme, and it's fantastic. And it's one of the small bits of music in this entire universe that's actually kind of good. And just like when that moment comes in the film, there's it doesn't, it should, it tries to move you. It tries to like this is the badass moment where she is who she is, and she's gonna kick some alien ass. And it just it just doesn't get there, does it? No, yeah, it's it's bad, uh, and I, I noticed that as well during during it, during the film in general, because it's like the licensed songs, like I said, they're very on the nose. They didn't exactly blow me away, but they were they they were as they often are in the MCU. Same with with Guardians, it's like they're a refreshing change from kind of everything else. And the one um, the fight scene in the like, middle end of the film, I can't, what song is it set to? Is it- Oh god, you have to catch me on the on the half. Um, We're nineties kids. Remember. We should know this, Barry. <laughs> Mike Frazier is Saturday night in this movie. It might. Be. I think it is. It's not, I don't know if that's the fight in question, but yeah. But yeah, um, that's the only time the score actually pops. It's like, oh, it's a cool fight scene set to a cool license song. Cool. Yeah, I I wonder if as they move past this the the Infinity Saga, you know, and they and they go to the next saga, I wonder. Will they be looking back on this collection of films and say, okay, what were the positives, what were the negatives? Obviously, the positives are fairly overwhelming. But as they enter the next era um, of, of, of this project and of this franchise, can they take a serious look at the music and see what can be done? I mean, part of the problem, I guess, is maybe that when you churn so many of these movies out and they have to be so tonally consistent... Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if that is an environment that's conducive to one or, or a team of composers necessarily being able to, to make great music for all these movies and suit all their individual tones, but also being able to suit the the broader tone. Not to make excuses for it, I still think it should be better, but it's kind of a mammoth task all on its own. I mean, you know, music composing for, for movies is such an underrated aspect of, 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 the, of the tone and of the style of the movie. I I, I can't, you know, the DC movies, for better or worse, whether or not you like their, uh, uh, you like them, uh, you know, uh, Hans Zimmer's work in like Man of Steel and and and, and what have you plays really well um, uh, within within that universe. But he also didn't do all the films, and there's less of them overall anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a it's a fascinating conundrum because I don't think it's just a case of hire better people. Uh, I think it's it's a, a mammoth task. But it's but you know what? Whatever way you slice it, it's not good enough. I think I think that is definitely fair to say. Because like name three good character themes from the MCU. Fair enough. There's there's like fifteen characters. So having good character themes for all of them is is as you said, it's impossible. It's just not going to happen. But like name three. You should you should be able to get the three. Like I like the Avengers theme. I think yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy theme is pretty good, but I couldn't hum it to you right now. And then I kind of hit a wall. Like I like Winter Soldiers, but they I'm fairly sure they used it in that first film and not in any of the others. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like you know we're literally talking about a handful of scenes across twenty one films, um, and and the highlights are the actual musical highlights are you know like Ragnarok and Guardians where they're using licensed songs. So um, which is which is good. I mean you know compiling a nice licensed soundtrack is good, but it's also in a way kind of a cop out because yeah. you know it's it's not quite the same. But yeah, Here, here's hoping for better stuff in the future. Yeah, come up with good like like playing the Spider-Man game last year. Like you heard that damn Spider-Man theme every time you shot webs into the sky. But it's a yeah. good spot. And like when you when you when the eventual trailer drops for Spider Insomniac Spider-Man Two, and they play a version of that Spider the theme you heard a hundred thousand times in that game, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm on board. You're gonna be like, oh, that takes me back to to the swinging and all that. And even the music in that game, which you're right, I, I do love it. It harkens back to the Elfman score in the, in the Raimi movies, mm. um, which is part, I think is a really crucial part of why I, I and a lot of other people hold them in such high esteem is because it's just sensational music. It's great, uh, uplifting fantasy music, uh, fantasy movie music, um, and these these are sorely lacking that. And I think it will always be the case that music will be able to move people a lot more than fancy visuals. Like, until the end of time, that will be the case. So no matter how good the CGI or the generated effects get, if you don't have that music there to, like, give it its emotional core, it's going to feel a lot like Captain Marvel, where you're like, yeah, it's fun. Exactly, yeah. Uh, a couple other things. We had Goose the Cat. Are you a fan of Goose the Cat? Y- yes, I like Goose the Cat a lot. I like, a, I like an animal sidekick quite a lot. Um, uh, I like, I like, um, aliens that are scared of, of little cats and, and, and <laughs> things like that, little earth world creatures. That's always a good bit. Um, and I like that Goose the Cat in his own way has a, this quite significant role in the universe, uh, <laughs> which, which I appreciate quite a bit. Did you see people have noticed that Thanos has like three scar- scratches on one of his cheeks and now people are theorizing that that comes from Goose the Cat? Oh no, but that's awesome. And also, people want Goose the Cat to defeat Thanos, which I think is fair. Well, hey, hey listen, 
weirder thing. I mean, they've qu- quite clearly established that she's more or less going to save the day in Endgame in some capacity. So I'd imagine Goose is going to be there uh, at the very least, offering being being like a, um, uh, an assist trophy. Like that would be a very MCU gag, wouldn't it? Like Thanos is giving his big last stand, his big speech about, and then Goose just eats him. Yeah, kind of like the end of Guardians One, in fact. No, oh, it is. Yes, yes, it is. And there was, I Where think they, they, they did got gag in Agents of Shield once as well. Just the 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 oh, oh, super serious villain monologue interrupted with like with uh, you know kind of offbeat comedy. Mm-hmm. We also had the uh, Stanley cameos and a tribute beforehand, which. The Stan Lee tribute beforehand turned the terrible Marvel intro into something good for once. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, I, I appreciated that. Yeah, because I like yourself. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that new intro. But that one, that one was a nice touch. And uh, his cameo in this was also actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the 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 very of the time. That was one of the better '90s kind of references uh, uh, in it. And post-credits scenes, we had what I assume is just a scene straight from Avengers Endgame, which is Captain Marvel showing up. Yeah, you, you kind of imagine since that that scene was framed as them seeing her for the first time, that yeah, you you have to be right. I mean, I can't imagine we're going to go see that movie and they're going to they're going to say, "Well, well, you saw Captain Marvel, so we're not going to we're just we're not going to have the scene where she meets the characters." Yeah, I, I'd I'd imagine you're right there. Um, and, it, and there was nothing really to it as well. It was literally just here's your here's your Avengers. They're 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 dealing with it, and then she shows up, and then you had the post post scene, which do not which, stay for. <laughs> yeah, don't stay for. I thought it was cute, but I uh, again, it, it joins ninety percent of the other ones in the pile of just not worth it. It's, um, it's not ten minutes of sitting there worth of cute. Just watch some handheld footage you've done on YouTube or something afterwards. Yeah, it's it's watch the gif in a couple of weeks when it's out. Yep, that's. Much. Uh, yeah. So this, this all brings us to Endgame, which is out in a month, and we had a trailer for last week, a trailer which I thought was much better than the first trailer. I liked it a lot, and I probably liked it as much as the first trailer. Yes, I yeah, li- the first trailer is good. It's not a bad. The first trailer, like all the Captain Marvel trailers, are bad. These two Avengers yeah. trailers have been very good. It's funny that the the the, the one where they kind of cop on and stop revealing everything is because they spent 12 years building this film up. Which is like, all right, I like that you learned the lesson, but I would have appreciated if you learned it sooner, and also if I had any faith, you'd stick to it going forward. Mm -hmm. It's like they finally appreciated that this is a film that people don't want spoiled, um, uh, and and don't want, really don't don't want any kind of, because I don't think people, tons of people have their theories and their guesses, obviously, but there's really no concrete outline of what's even going to happen in this new film. And that's great. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it sells itself anyway because you're talking about the next chapter in the biggest story in entertainment today. Um, I just wish people had more guts to, to put out trailers like these first two that are tone pieces with minimal amounts of actual footage. Yeah. I realize not everyone has 10 years of other films to draw on, which is what this new trailer does. Um, but you can, you, can, you can still use minimal footage from your actual film uh, and get the tone over uh, without revealing too much. So yeah, I'm I'm very pleased with this. I'm super stoked for Endgame, and I'm looking forward to going in there ostensibly knowing nothing about how this thing is going to wrap up. I I love that. Like, you can work out, like, oh, they're going to fight Thanos, probably win, everyone's going to come back to life. Probably. Of course. Of course. But it's like, how are they going to get there? Who knows? 
what's the like what's what's the entire film what's the like the crux of the film what are they what are these characters doing for the i think reported three hour runtime which is very long but like i'm on i'm on board like we've watched 21 films to get the it's like if people are like oh three hours is too long which i might be coming out of it who knows but it's like there is 21 films the majority of which are longer than two hours some of which is longer than two and a half you cannot possibly be giving out about a three hour film at this stage yeah like like yeah, I, I, it's, it might as well be, especially because Infinity War was pretty damn long, and I found it to be a pretty breezy watch. It was a rare, it was a rare second viewing in the theater for me, um, which, which is not, which is not something I do a lot, and it's especially not something I do for, uh, uh, you know, a film of that length. So yeah, why not go three hours? It, it, you know, it's the type of thing that I do think, oh, you know, this should be very rare circumstances. Well, this is rare circumstances, so I'll. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll live with it. We we can give you Return of the King length. It's fine. Yeah, you've earned it. You've you've made tw- it is astounding that they've managed to get like when you look at DC falling all over themselves. There was like that Universal Pictures monster universe which fell off the rails after one film. When you look what? at this universe they built, I think only Hulk is like. The, the 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 black sheep I think Hulk is the only film that's kind of not non-canon but the one that's furthest cast aside the rest is like a cohesive universe that builds to a pardon the pun end game that's it beautifully said there you go uh yeah that's April April 26th that says US I assume that's a global release they wouldn't be crazy people releasing it in different places at different times would they uh no yeah especially because they were they're they are so spoiler conscious mm-hmm. um yeah um I did. I did a midnight for Infinity War. Um, I feel like I probably won't with this, just because that involves taking a half day off work the next day. Yeah, that's three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so so probably not on that one. But uh, yeah, I'm very eagerly anticipating it for sure. I've done a midnight for two films. One was uh, Civil War, which I think solid. Yeah, and the other was X Men Apocalypse, less solid. <laughs> Whoa, what yeah. does this do that? I don't know. They were showing uh, First Class and Days of Future Past in the lead-up. So I'm like, I'll just go see a bunch of X-Men films tonight. And then it was half two in the morning. It's like, I should have just left after Days of Future Past. Yeah, to see. Well, you got to see the two really good ones, I guess. You know, yeah. so... Um, yeah. Anyway, how about that Dark Phoenix trailer? Let's talk about that bad boy. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I didn't. I have, see. The thing is, I my main thing is I just have no time for Sophie Turner in general. She's terrible. Yes, uh, but still, she's pretty bad. And uh, the you know, and it's like you know, for the wrestling fans listening, my my perception of 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 Dark Phoenix just from um you know the previous X Men movie about her and the animated series is she it's just like the superhero equivalent of Johnny Gargano. Why am I so violent? And <laughs> looking at her hands, I I, I I don't have time for people superhero stories that involve looking at their hands and then screaming and then all the windows break it's it's too melodramatic for me and it involves an actor i don't like and it it just something about the way it looks just to me i don't know if it's the cgi necessarily or the or or, or the costume design or what but it's something about the movie just looks off to me i can't put my finger on it and i've i've Mostly been a sympathizer for the X Men series in general. I I liked I liked Apocalypse just fine, all things considered. Um, but uh, obviously, this isn't this isn't that universe. Although I believe there was an update about the Fox Disney acquisition today. In fact, it's going through tomorrow as we record this, isn't it? 
That's the rumbling. Ah, uh, yes, that was it. Yeah, so um, <laughs> so the the two concepts may become one in, in the very near future, but um, but yeah, that's probably another podcast for another day. We'll just have to retrospectively review all of the X Men films in order to catch up. <laughs> that's it. Oh my god. Well, it's funny you say that. I actually just literally just yesterday I bought a box set, uh, the Cerebro collection, mm-hmm. uh, which is everything up to. Let me double check here. Uh, Days of Future Past, everything up to that, including X Men Origins, um, uh, which I actually have not seen. I have See, not seen that, that that infamous movie. It was on sale in Golden Discs, uh, t- two for twenty two euros. So I got that and Band of Brothers. So, uh, so if you want to do that podcast, brother, I am I am all in on that. See, I'd say there's only two, there's only two bad films in that set. There's Last Stand and there's Origins, both of which are bad. And I think the rest range from good to superb, so solid. I I am totally in agreement with you. I love pretty much all the others that I've seen except Last Stand. Um, like I'm I'm the world's biggest the Wolverine defender. I think that film like that, fair enough. The CGI fight thing at the end is terrible, but the other well, like ninety eight percent of that film is tremendous. Yeah, I, I actually I forgot that's one I have not seen. I have not seen even though I loved Logan. I actually never saw Wolverine one or two. Uh, so I, I might the rest of these are probably going to go in the DVD pile and, and not be watched until yep. like some power outage in the near future but I, I might stick on Wolverine just out of curiosity but yeah so we'll, 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 we'll stick a pin in that idea and come back to it later <laughs> oh Barry before you go do you have anything to plug yeah plugs you can, at the usual you can follow me at the Barry Lad on Twitter if you like me going chronologically through things which if you're uh, listening to this you must you absolutely have to. If you stuck to it this far, uh, you can listen to me and my pals go through from the beginning the entire history of pro wrestling, Gorilla PWG, one of the uh, more notorious and well-known uh, independent wrestling groups in the U.S. You can go to uh, SoundCloud.com/slash Gorilla Island, G-U-E double R-I double L-A Island. Uh, you can also search for that on uh, iTunes and Spotify. Uh, we've only got two episodes up so far, but episode three is coming very, very soon. They're going to be monthly episodes. We're trying to keep them nice and short, nice, easy listens. So if you're a, a wrestling fan looking for something different, uh, that should take your fancy. And all of the projects involving myself, you can find out more at The Barry Lad on Twitter.